Hello and welcome back to RCC Student Ministries Sunday Stream. I'm so glad you are back with us. This is our first episode from 2021. It is our 27th episode we are doing, but we are super glad that you are here with us today. So welcome back to the Sunday Stream. Just a recap, here is what the Sunday Stream is all about. We uh, take some time on Sundays to do a little bit of a recording, a digital recording, to let you know what's going on in our ministry and give you a little recap as to what happened last Wednesday night. If you aren't aware, we resumed live in-person programming at Resonate Community Church for students, and that happened last Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. We had a fantastic night in our new building, our new lounge area in the downstairs area. We spend time up in the auditorium, a fantastic, fantastic day. So the Sunday stream is a recap of what happened that night if you were unable to join us. And even if you were able to join us, it is good to connect in with the Sunday stream because it could offer you a little bit of a reminder of what we discussed last time. Uh, Sunday stream will always be available to you after 6.30 p.m. on Sunday nights and on demand anytime thereafter. You can watch it on our YouTube student ministry channel. You can watch it on our student ministry webpage. Or uh, if you're a podcast listener, you can pick this up uh, via podcast just by searching up RCC Student or RCC Sunday Stream on any of your typical podcast platforms. So uh, with that, are so glad you're here. Um, I'm going to go into a couple of announcements here too. So we have a lot going on in the ministry right now. So as you, as I said at the top. At the top uh, at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday now, from now until the end of the school year, you can find us live in person at the Resonate Community Church, our new building in Shakopee. We would love to see you there. We had a fantastic turnout last Wednesday night. Uh, we meet from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, every Wednesday night. So if you're able to join us even once in a while, we'd love to have you. Um, or if you can make it every week, we certainly would love to have you as well. We mix in some games. We mix in some fun, some large group discussion, some small group discussion. We spread out all over the all, all over the new building. It's a great, great time. So we hope you're able to join us on Wednesday night. Uh, also, circle your calendars for uh, Wednesday. It's another Wednesday night, but every month we have a special event. And our first event of 2021 is on February 3rd. Bundle up. We're heading over to the Jacobson's Lake House. We are playing room ball and having a bonfire from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. That should be a fun night. That's a student ministry to tradition at Resonate Community Church. Uh, so we're super excited to continue that um, tradition on Wednesday night. That's the third. So that's going to be a week from this coming Wednesday. So we're hopeful, hopefully many of you can attend our broom ball and bonfire night. And of course, always, always, even on a Wednesday night at Resonate Community Church, feel free to bring a friend with you as well. We'd love to meet your friends. Uh, also, if the other thing that's going on on Sundays in our ministry is a Sunday serve. And like I mentioned on Wednesday, and I'll mention it here again, we have about 14, maybe up to 16 students now. It might even be higher than that. I have to look at the latest list of students that have formally uh, signed up for some sort of service on Sunday nights, Sunday after, Sunday uh, mornings at Resident Community Church. Um, and like we talked about on Wednesday night, and if you're hearing this for the first time because um, you're listening to the Sunday stream, um, when we volunteer in student ministry, what it is not is a hokey kid job that we just plug kids into. It is a true, proper volunteer role that our church needs to have happen 
for us to operate at a very high level and be honoring to God. So when you pray over the way you want to serve in our church, um, just know that it is a very critical, critical piece. So we hope that many of you do sign up, but many of you already have, and there are plenty of opportunities still out there. So feel free to uh, sign up for that. Right now, the link for signing up for the Sunday Serve is on the Resonate Community Church website, also in, uh, in email form as well. However, we are going to be having a sign-up location uh, at Resonate um, in our lounge area. So look for that in, uh, on one of these upcoming Wednesdays. I'd like to open this up in a quick prayer here this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just our ministry, our church, our new, our new building, God. It's just an amazing place. Thank you for digital opportunities to stay connected. We just ask you to bless each and every one of our students and our ministry and, and, and people that are touched by our ministry. Just ask you to be with us tonight. And as we process what we are to learn, we, uh, we just ask you to, to move in ways that we need to be moved. Uh, let us hear you tonight, God. We love you. We love you very much. Amen. Well, last Wednesday night, we started a new series called It's Personal. It's a five-week series. If you were there on Wednesday night, you know a little bit about it. It's a, a good conversation about building relationships with each other and the relationship that God has with us and, frankly, the relationship that we have with God. And uh, we're going to kick off tonight with a, with, a, with a couple videos here. The first video we're going to be watching here in just a minute is a is one of my favorite uh, spiritual leaders. His name is Francis Chan, and he is going to speak to this love, this really, really great example of how someone in his life really, really loves God at an immense level. And he starts off this video with a pretty interesting question. In fact, it's one of those questions, as soon as he asks it, it might not be a bad idea to hit the pause button for a minute and really process how you would answer that one. It's a, it's a heavy question. Um, certainly watch it through. It's about six minutes of Francis Chan. It's, it's really, really good. And then I'll be back on after Francis Chan to, to, to set up our, our actual proper lesson for this, uh, for, this, uh, for this Sunday stream. So without any further ado, here's Francis Chan. Every generation is this. If you could have heaven with no sickness and with all the friends you ever had on earth and all the food you ever liked and all the leisure activities you ever enjoyed and all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted and no human conflict or any human or any natural disasters, could you be satisfied with heaven if Christ was not there? He says, let's be honest here, really, really, you could go to heaven today. Let's say today, you could go to heaven with all of your friends, all of your family. You'll never be sick again. There's no death. Everything you've ever enjoyed, the most beautiful place on the earth. But Christ wasn't there. Would you be happy? And I thought, man, so much of my life, I, I I'd have to say yes. I wasn't really in love with Jesus. I was in love with the stuff that he offered. I was in love with forgiveness. I was in love with escaping his wrath. I was in love with this thought of being with all of my friends and family in heaven, but was I truly in love with Jesus himself? Earlier this year, I, I had the honor of, of burying my, my wife's grandmother 
Grandma Clara. Grandma Clara was 94 years old. And, uh, and for the last 10 years, I've wanted her to die. Um, not, not in a bad way, because, but <laughs> that came out wrong. I, she's wanted to die, you know what I mean? She's just one of those saints where she's like, oh Lord, just take me, her body's whittling away, and she just couldn't wait to be with her. My, my wife grew up with, with grandma, and, and she talked about how every morning, every morning she would hear crying in the room next door. Every morning she'd hear her grandmother sobbing as she would talk to God and tell him how much she loved him. She was just madly in love with Jesus. She would tell my, my wife, you know, see this little corner of the bed? That's where I pray every morning. And all day long when I pass that corner of the bed, I, I, say, to, I say to Jesus, I can't wait till tomorrow morning. I can't wait to be alone with you again. I can't wait to have that special time. And that was Grandma. Every time I called their house, you know, hey, Grandma, what are you doing? She goes, oh, there's always something about God. She goes, I'm just cutting the flowers and thanking Jesus for making them so beautiful. My like, oh, that's great, Grandma. I call her again. Okay, Grandma, what are you doing? She goes, oh, God is so good. I'm like, okay, what do you do this time? She goes, I was baking a cake and I left out two ingredients, but he still made it taste good. <laughs> you know, I mean, everything, everything was Jesus. But you know, the the most amazing thing she did in my eyes was one day we're at this play. We're sitting at a play. It's me and my wife and her, all of her family, and we're sitting at this play, and, it's, and, uh, and I'm sitting next to Grandma. And the play's totally fine. It's totally clean. Everything's good. But then at halftime, I look over at Grandma, and I go, hey, Grandma, what do you, what do you think of the play so far? And she goes, oh, honey, I don't want to be here. I'm like, neither do I. But what's your reason? And she goes, I just don't know if this is where I want to be when Christ returns. She goes, I'd rather, I'd rather be serving someone. I'd rather be at home praying to him, telling him how much I love him. I'd rather him find me praying for you and the church and everything else. I don't want him to come in while I'm watching a play. And I thought, no way. You take that book literally? I mean, you... I mean, who do you know? Seriously, who have you ever met who literally thinks all day long, Jesus could return and I want to be found doing something that He wants me doing? I'd never seen it in my life. I've heard it preached. I've preached it. But this woman literally all day long is thinking, Jesus, I just want you to come. I want you to come and I want you to find me doing something that you love. And oh, that had such an impact on me because I, I just, I didn't watch the second half of the play. I just kept thinking, maybe she knows something. And, uh, but the whole time I'm thinking, I, I am not, not going to waste this time. I'm going to pray and pray and pray and and so for all these years, I've thought, you know, Grandma's always going, oh, maybe Jesus wants me here when he returns because I don't know why else he'd have me here. And she's sharing with people. She was right up here in the Bay Area in, in, in an elderly home, and she, she would sh share with everyone there. And she goes, maybe God has more for me here, but I, I just want to be with him. I just want to be with him. I just want to be with him. See, she, when it came time to do her funeral, I was so sad. I mean, here's something I wanted for so long for her because she wanted to see Jesus so bad. But the reason why I was sad was 
she was that example to me of someone who is in love with Jesus. I've got a lot of examples in my life of great pastors, men of God who stayed pure, men of God who are willing to preach the word of God. I've got examples of that. I know some of you guys serve like crazy. You work hard for the Lord. And I know a lot of people who've done some great things for God. But how many people in your life are truly lovers of Jesus? The person of Jesus Christ. See, to me, that's what she was. And, and so often I get busy with all this other stuff and I forget the most important thing. Some of you are pastors. My question is, are you in love with Jesus right now? Honestly, in love. You know what it's like to be in love. Are you in love with him right now? So yeah, loving God. It's, if you really think about it, it's, uh, it's a big question. So thank you, Francis Chan, for those words. They're always, they're always so good. Um, like I said, this week on Wednesday night, we started our It's Personal series. A little bit of highlights here before we turn it over to our friends at Orange who will go through a great lesson. And even if you were there on Wednesday night, it is really worth watching this video through. Uh, it takes the conversations that we had even a little deeper. So it's, not a, it's certainly not a replay of what happened on Wednesday, but a, a nice supplemental piece to that. But on Wednesday night, we talked about the power of learning people's names and, uh, and what that really means. That, um, he, as you get into the video here, we'll even talk about the proper pronunciation of people's names and how, how important that is. So just keep an keep a ear out for that as you get into that. And we also talked about the whole idea of who do you hang out with and then really who do you not hang out with and why is that? And we, 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 we connect into a very uh, traditional Bible story about Zacchaeus and, the, and what Zacchaeus's role as a tax collector and his relationship with Jesus, what actual uh, takeaways can we have uh, as Christ followers in 2021, even from the story of Zacchaeus? So we'll, we'll get into that in the video as well. We talked about it on Wednesday night. And just really getting into a nice examination, a deeper understanding of God's love for us. So without any further ado, here's our friends over at Orange, and this is going to be week one of It's Personal. My name is Dylan and I am a senior at Lanier High School. I'm really into FCA and cheer and I'm gonna be sharing something personal. Okay, not that personal, just personal because you know, I'm a person and it means something to me. What most people don't know is my last name is actually Lao. It's Chinese while my family's mainly Filipino. My first name's a little different too because Dylan is usually stereotyped as a boy's name. But I really like my name because it makes me feel unique and empowered which is why it's kind of annoying whenever substitute teachers call me Dylan Leo. When someone uses my name and makes an effort to say it right, it lets me know that they actually see me and accept me for who I am. Maybe it doesn't sound like a big deal, but you can't really know me unless you know me as Dylan Lau. It's not just a name, it's personal. Let's start with an awkward moment, shall we? When I was a freshman in high school, I was a trombone player in the marching band. For the entire fall, I hung out with the other guys in my section at practice. Most of them were older, but for me, that was kind of cool. Okay, it was really cool. And our trip that we took during fall break was something I had been dreaming about 
basically since middle school. Every year, our band traveled to a nearby state for a competition, and we got to hang out with other people who actually like talking about stuff like playing the trombone. On the first night of the competition, we were at the stadium and I was hanging out with some guys near the snacks and this girl from another school in our district was talking to us. Okay, to be fair, she was talking to my buddy Jason. Uh, he was like the lead guy, way older and way cooler than me. And being the type of stand-up guy that he was, Jason turned to introduce her to everyone in the group. He said, hey, this is Darius, this is Kyle, this is Holden, and this guy, he got to me, he paused with an awkward look on his face and said, I'm sorry, man, what's your name again? Ouch, I know. It was definitely the perfect time to play the sad trombone noise. Of course, it was my turn to respond, so I tried to be cool. But in that five seconds, it became clear to me that we weren't as good of friends as I thought we were. I mean, I didn't talk much in the group, but I hung out with those guys all the time. I was literally in his section. We had sat on the bus to the competition for hours and he didn't even know my name. Have you ever been there? Like, where you thought you were tight with somebody and you figured out your friendship or your relationship wasn't as deep as you thought it was? It's not a great feeling because deep down, I think we all live with this expectation. Relationships shouldn't be fake. They shouldn't be shallow and they shouldn't make you feel like you could spend a huge amount of time with someone and then easily be forgotten. Regardless of whether or not you're a really social person, I think we'd all agree that when it comes to our relationships with our friends, or the people we spend a lot of time with, we want real ones, not fake ones, right? I don't want fake friends, friends who feel like they have to pretend around me, who don't care as much as they act like they do, or who don't even really know me. Whether it's the people you hang out with from the band, your teammates, the people you have a group chat with, we all want more than that. In a word, we want our relationships to be personal. There's a cheat code, by the way, or shortcut to figuring out if a relationship is personal. It's easy. You know how I know if somebody's not personal with me? They call me some generic nickname like buddy or chief, or they say, yo guy. You've probably experienced this kind of fakeness. Somebody acts like they care about you, acts like they're your friend, and they keep referring to you as guy or fam or something other than your actual name, the one you've literally lived with for years because you guessed it, it's just like my friends from band practice. They don't even know your name. And people knowing our names matters, right? It makes us feel important, known. It makes us feel like there's a connection between us and the person who knows our name. Nobody wants a fake friend or a fake relationship, but you know what the opposite of fake is? Real, right? I totally agree when it comes to sunglasses, art, and anything else I buy from wish.com, the opposite of fake is real. But when it comes to relationships, I think there's a better word. Actually, I know there's a better word. When it comes to people, the opposite of real is personal. Think about it. Somebody can be real without knowing you personally. They can be cool without being close to you. They can even know something about you, like what math class you're in, or they may even notice something like what brands you wear, but that doesn't make it personal. Being personal puts somebody in a whole different category, and that's what this series is about. If I ask you to name everyone you can think of who knows your name, how many do you think would be on that list? And I also wonder, if you did make that list, would you put God on it? Here's the thing, some of you may have grown up hearing that God knows your name. And there are a bunch of examples in the Bible about how God knows us that closely, like when Jesus says this, indeed, the very hairs of our head are numbered. That's getting pretty personal. While we all might think it's a little strange to know how many hairs are on our heads, some of us struggle with the idea of God really knowing us. Maybe you feel like, 
does God really know me? Or is he more like that football coach that just says, hey buddy, four straight years. But there can be a lot of reasons why you feel that way about God. You might feel like he doesn't seem personal because I can't see God and I can't hear him talk back when I do try to pray. Or maybe you don't really know much about God or even care much about God. So it feels strange to think that he'd know your name and care about you. Maybe you've met Christians who don't seem to care about getting to know you, so then why would God? Maybe you think he doesn't seem personal because if he's real, if he's just so big, if he created everything, then what makes us so important that he would know us personally and individually? I mean, let's pretend that we all believe in a God who created everything. Are we to believe that a God that created this knows my name? Well, I think these are actually some real and understandable reasons, I believe that he does. I believe that he cares for me and for you. I believe that he knows not just my name, but he knows yours as well, and that he has our back. And here's why I think that. Fakeness is literally the opposite of how Jesus lived. He got personal with basically every person he met. He knew their name and their story. One of those people who Jesus interacted with that helps me believe that God is a personal God who knows our names is a guy named Zacchaeus. Now, We'll be talking about Zacchaeus for the next few weeks, so to give us a head start, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, which might not seem like a huge deal in our culture, but back then, tax collectors were basically considered scammers and traitors. First off, Zacchaeus was a Jewish guy working for the Roman Empire, an entire nation that basically bullied the Jewish people. That's bad enough, but tax collectors weren't exactly stand-up dudes. They'd always collect more than what was actually owed, and then they pocketed the rest. A tax collector was kind of like the guy that steals the money you're collecting for a school fundraiser so we can buy more energy drinks. Uh, and this guy was a chief tax collector. Not good. The worst of the worst. So at this point in Jesus' life, he had gone from being a casual carpenter's son to being a big deal. He was known for all these miracles he performed and powerful messages he'd given. By this point, basically everywhere he went, crowds would gather and try to get a glimpse of this rabbi Jesus who was healing people. That's what happened when he was passing through the town of Jericho on his way to Jerusalem, and he met this guy named Zacchaeus. Here's how the interaction is recorded by Luke, a guy who interviewed real people who witnessed Jesus' life and ministry. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. So let's break this down a little. Out of this giant crowd following Jesus to Jerusalem and the giant crowd of people in Jericho just trying to get a peek of Jesus as he passes through, Jesus stops and chats with Zacchaeus, maybe the most hated man in the whole town. This is such a huge deal. Getting this kind of attention from Jesus is crazier than if your favorite celebrity randomly started following you on Instagram and commenting all of your pictures. Not only did Jesus call out the guy who was watching from the tree, but did you notice that Jesus calls him by name? He didn't say, hey big guy, or hey you. He called Zacchaeus by name. Then, not only does Jesus call him by name, but Jesus invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. Everyone else knows how much of an honor this is, and look how they respond. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who were lost. 
This was a guy they didn't like, maybe nobody liked. Nobody would have wanted to be seen hanging out with him, and yet Jesus goes straight toward him. But real talk, why do we care? Because this isn't just a story about Zacchaeus. It's about Jesus and how he treats people. He paid attention to the guy on the sidelines, the guy who annoyed everyone else, the guy nobody was noticing, the guy I bet nobody cared to try to learn his name, the guy that Jesus made sure to know and use his name. And by the way, he does the same for you. Jesus knows your name too. This is how God sees us. Yes, he is the God that created the whole universe and everything in it. He is the God who has always been around and our brain can't even comprehend. He also knows you personally. Okay, all of this might feel a little ridiculous to you. Maybe the whole idea of faith feels a little cray, a little far-fetched. That's okay. Like Zacchaeus, the best thing for some of us to do this week is to find a way to see for ourselves what Jesus is like. Zacchaeus probably had no intention of totally changing his life when he first got up that tree, but he was just taking the first step towards seeing Jesus for himself. No matter what you think about God or faith or Christians, I want you to know this. It's personal because Jesus knows your name. For some people, that doesn't always sit well. You might have questions about faith. You might have doubts about that, and that's okay. But what would it look like for you to hop up in that tree to get a better look? to rethink or reimagine what God is like, to start asking some of those questions. Maybe those questions might sound like, what is God like, really? What does God say about me? What does God say about the people around me? Basically, Jesus changed the way everybody thought about God. There's just something that happens when we recognize that this God of the universe is a personal God. It changed Zacchaeus' life. It's already changed the life of so many others and it doesn't stop there. We've talked about how powerful it is to be known personally by God, that he knows your name, he knows you, and he cares about you. But if that's true for you, then it's also true for the person next to you and your siblings and your parents and that kid at school you avoid or that teacher you can't stand. Here's what I'm getting at. A relationship with Jesus is always personal. It's personal for you and for me. So let me ask this, how can we make it personal for others? your piano teacher, your lacrosse coach, the person you know in science class, the girl who somehow always ends up in your group projects, the guy who gets on your nerves, your best friend's little brother, the guy who maybe forgot your name that one time, they all matter just like you. And here's why that's a big deal. The people around you may not know God cares about them personally until you care about them personally. The best way to do this may start with some of the easiest steps you've ever heard. First, learn their names. Simple, right? Second, learn the right way to pronounce their name. Here's something you should know. If your name is something like John, you may not have experienced something like what I'm about to tell you, and this is a bigger deal than you may think. You know how annoying it is when someone writes your name wrong on your Starbucks cup, or that substitute teacher who reads your name off a roster in a super weird way? Now, imagine that happening every day or every week times 10. Awful, right? Third, use their name when you see them. I get it, this seems so basic, but that's why it's a big deal. Knowing someone's name is the absolute simplest thing we can do to communicate that someone matters. And if someone feels like they don't matter, it can also have a huge impact. So an easy way to do this is with people younger than you. Think about a couple years ago, what if you had some upperclassmen who genuinely took interest in you and your life? How would that have made you feel? Upperclassmen, do that for some freshmen or sophomores. Freshmen and sophomores, find some middle schoolers you can invest in or at least begin to call by name. We have a personal God. 
He happens to be a personal God who is also mind-blowingly powerful, ridiculously creative, and overly graceful. But he still knows your name and he calls you by it. One of the greatest ways that we can point people to this kind of personal God is by modeling what it looks like to be personal with others. That's why we have small groups, by the way. We believe every person here is loved and known personally by Jesus. And because of that, we want you to always have a group of people who know you personally, who know your name and know your story. No one should come in the door and feel like they don't fit in or nobody knows them. Jesus always made it personal with the people around him. And you can too, by simply knowing their name. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Sunday stream. I hope you found it to be uh, a good use of your time. Uh, just very grateful that uh, that you joined us here. Whether you joined us on Wednesday night, whether you're joining us remotely on the Sunday stream, we're just so grateful for you. So I just want to do a few shout outs as we wrap up today. I just want to thank each and every one of you students, like I said, for those of you who showed up on Wednesday, for those of you who are serving on Sunday mornings in the Sunday serve, and for those of you joining us online uh, via the Sunday stream or via podcast, uh, we're so grateful for you. Super grateful for our volunteers. We, are, we had our full team of volunteers show up on Wednesday night and on Sunday. Uh, everyone was there. It's a long list. I wish I, uh, if I, I think if I start trying to call everybody out by name, I'm going to forget somebody. So I won't do that because I am so grateful for each and every one of our volunteers. So thank you for them. Uh, thank you, Francis Chan, for the great message on loving God. Thank you to our friends at Orange for uh, providing us uh, just good, good teaching on what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But most of all, most of all, you know who we need to thank, and that's our amazing Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So with that, I'll close this in prayer and wish us all a great week. Dear God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the message. We just ask you to bless each and every one of our students and our volunteers and our ministry and frankly our entire church community. We just pray that everyone has a productive, safe, peaceful week as we navigate very, very challenging times uh, in our country and in our world with a pandemic, uh, political unrest, and uh, changes, changes in school settings. We won't get into that right now, God, but we know that we're dealing with that. We just ask you to, uh, to be with us as we navigate that. Thank you so much for all you do in our lives. We love you. Amen. Students, thanks you, thank you again for joining us. I wish you a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing hopefully all of you on Wednesday night at Resonate Community Church. Have a great week.